Hello everyone, welcome to the Inspired by Tweets podcast. Um, this is the fourth episode. My name is Ilsa Ida and with me is... Ahmed Rufai Issa. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously we want to start again today by thanking everyone who has listened to our last few episodes. Uh and today we are starting on a on a bit of a fun note uh with something something light as we say in Nigeria. <laughs> and so uh Asa, tell me what what have you been up to lately? Um obviously I know that you're a music person. I want to check what kind of music you have been listening to. Uh what kind yeah. of what kind of what kind of what kind of art have you been engaged with uh lately? Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love music. If I'm feeling terrible, music has the answer. If I'm feeling happy, music has the answer. I'm a music girl. And of course, everybody that knows me knows that I love Beyonce. I think she's just the best thing since Life Bridge. Um, I also, my music tastes also just run towards classical music as well. I listen to a lot of Mozart. And back and handle. I used to sing a lot of those when I was a teenager. But now I'm a Beyonce fan. I also like traditional music. So you find me also listening to some Fuji music. Some. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was younger, as a teenager, I used to drive my the youngest two in my house at home. Yeah. My youngest, the, the youngest two siblings to work. Sorry, to school, to go and drop them off at school. And they used to be so embarrassed with the kind of music I used to play because they'd just be like, Salah, when you get near the school, can you turn or just drop us very far away from the school so nobody has to hear the kind of music that's coming out from your vehicle? <laughs> that's how <laughs> That's how I used to mix Raz. <laughs> and my mom used to look at me like, where did you ever hear these types of music? But yeah, I'm a music person. But you, what sort of music do you like? Um, I think I'm a I'm a rap music head. Uh, I like rap music too. <laughs> yeah, rap music is actually you know, I think rap is one of the greatest music form. And recently, I've gotten back into listening to Nas, uh, the Illmatic album. Obviously, okay. not because he just won a Grammy Awards for King Disease, but um, I've listened to King Disease a lot. It, it's kind of the album that I was occupied with last year, as well as uh, Afro music. Omale specifically was the jam that, you know, I kept jamming throughout last year and King Disease, the album. So uh, a lot of Nas, uh, a lot of Omale and everyone else, as well as Ladipo, whose rap I find really, really amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I like hip hop as well and a lot of rap music. I think in Nigeria, I think for me, till tomorrow, MI remains on, on this thing. And for some reason, mm. I've never been a fan of Bonner Boy. But when I saw the video that he did for the Grammys, yeah. I actually went out to check out one particular song, Oyeka or something. And I was like, ah, it's not bad jazz at all. <laughs> as in, so I, yeah, I started listening to that this week. It was nice. I used it in my workout, my dance sessions. So it was good. Yeah. It was really good. 
Yeah, I, I think um, a lot of people criticize uh, Bonaboy's personality, um, but then his music is great. And I think that people should focus more on people's art than their person. If you if you love if you love if you love art, because if you look at most of the art we we listen to, to be honest, most of these creatives are not the best uh, moral examples for for people. That's just the truth. And so for me, I think that I just try as much as possible not to concern myself with uh, an artist's personal, personal life. And I just focus on their art form. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I said what I felt really about Bernard Boy's music, I would get cancelled in Nigeria and Africa. So I'm just going <laughs> to say <laughs> that I do not judge him based on his personality. I judge him on his music, you know. Yeah, there's just, I, I think there are a lot of people that do music, you know, do art with music. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, you know, I wouldn't personally categorize him as one of those people. That's my own honest opinion. Yeah. And I wanted to think about music, so, yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad that he's winning. You know, whatever he's doing seems to be acceptable to people around the world. So, yeah. yay for him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the biggest, uh, obviously, proponent of Afro, Afro right now. So, that's great. Um. Him, Whiskey, Davido, they are all doing great, uh, and that's that's great for Nigeria. Uh, well, let me let me ask you about books. What books have you been reading lately? Uh, and I, you know, just share with us what what kind of what kind of books you like generally. Um. So with books, a friend bought me this book. Um. It's titled "The Things You Can See Only When You Slow Down." And it's by Kaylin mm. Sonim. I, I hope I pronounced that properly. And, and I think I think it's uh, by a Buddhist monk. Yeah. Who just sort of um, wrote down different things um, he thinks about on his life's journey. Yeah. And um, and I find them, you know, I find them pretty useful. I'm the sort of person that reads like three books at the same time. So if I get bored in one, <laughs> I'll jump to the second. <laughs> and we'll not finish it. You know, but I just, I like to keep that open. And yeah. I'm also reading, um, right now, I'm also reading, I told you, I'm reading like three books at the same time. I'm reading um, that generalist book. Yeah. That one I told you about. Yeah. I'm in yeah. the middle of that. But I also have this, um, the economics book that I'm reading just to aid with my work. Um, who is it by now? I wish I could share a photo. You know, it just has different contributors. It's, one of my friends from Germany brought it for me because I'd asked for it. Um, so yeah, it's That's a really good book. It just it just sort of breaks things down for people that are not like me that are not very bright. You know, it just <laughs> sort of breaks it down so that we can understand. I it. don't know yeah. who 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 you are trying to be humble to, but it's good to see. Um, no, Rafi, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, I'm not that bright. People are just usually just deceived. I'm not that bright. Even me, I know. Well, please carry on. well, it's good that you say I should carry on. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think what I get from all the book examples you've mentioned is sort of you, you can read quite a few genres or genres if you like oh, yeah. of oh, books. Yeah. That's that's good to see. Um, I I think for me, um, 
I'm currently reading a book by uh, a guy called Michael Cox. Uh, it's called Zona Marking. It's actually a football-related book, so you might not find it. <laughs> it's a it's like a history of uh, the tactics of European football. Uh, so he goes from one European country to the other, talking about how football has evolved tactically and some of the proponents of that. And then I'm also obviously reading um, uh, Range by David Epstein. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got I've got quite far. I don't know why I haven't finished yet, but I'm just I'm just lazying around. My intention is to finish both this March, um, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm just tired the last few days, so I'm just taking it as as slow as possible. (laughs) Right. 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 Well, I think we should get into it proper. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's like a really exciting topic. Um, the first one, discussing dating sites and how well Nigerians are into it. And I yes. need to just put a caveat emptor here. All these topics that we're discussing today were speak by Rocky. So nobody should give me any side <laughs> eye or anything. Are you, are you putting all of these topics? <laughs> So if if I see anything and everyone's like, oh, maybe she's trying to talk to me or something. Uh-uh, no, I had nothing to do with this. You just sent me the topics and I said, okay, yes, sir, we go go. We're gonna do what you want us to do. So, so you, are, you, know. you are putting me under the bridge before everything even. <laughs> before anything, you got gas. Nothing, nothing to so, say. Okay, so I will just say that you know, um, researching this. You know, again, beyond what we think, you know, sometimes we just want to have, like, information and stuff. Um, everyone is always looking for love. You know, I mean, when you're an adult, even as a teenager, you start having all these nice, nice feelings towards a boy. And then when you get older, you're looking for love. Sometimes they're looking, and it gets to an age, maybe you're not dating anyone. You start looking for love at weddings, in church or at church or in the mosque, you know, at concerts, you know. And, you know, God bless you if you're from families where if you attend a wed- wedding, an auntie will come and sit down and say, hey, we're doing your own next. Like, who asked you, man? <laughs> you know, it's like they you I'm on the queue for anything, you know. And for many people, you know, you just want to experience what it's like to love. You know, um, but online dating is new, but the concept of it is not. You know, dating outside one's immediate circle is not new. You know, if you, if anybody was, if I mean, I used to read a lot of history books, but you know, if you can trace it back to the invention of newspapers in the 1600s. When young men and women, you know, would put an ad in the newspaper seeking for friendship and romantic relationships, yeah. you know, that was like their online dating at that time. And then this act has now progressed over time with the introduction of the Internet, and yeah. which we, we have now termed online dating. I hear is an industry that is now worth over three billion dollars globally. Like, yep. OK, how can I be part of that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, you know. Um, some of the popular dating sites in Nigeria, you know, you know when I was just researching this, is um, uh, Tinder, Friendites, Sexy Niger, Bumble, Niger Planet, Bado, 
and meet Nigerians. Yeah. Trust me, I, ne- I, I had not heard 90% of these. Please. But please go ahead. Tell me, what do you think about online dating? I, I, I think, as you said, the evolution of online dating uh, um, kind of started from those newspapers and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I yeah. think uh, magazines were very huge. I remember in, in the early 2000s, there were a lot of like uh, uh, magazines where people could put their phone numbers and stuff like that, looking yeah. for either sexual relationships or just romance and things like that. A newspaper used to have sections where people actually put themselves out there and say they are looking for love and, and yeah. But now uh, I think there are quite a few Nigerians who have embraced the you know the, the phenomenon of online dating and people have access to these apps on their phone on the go, no matter what city they are in or what city they they, they move around to, uh, they can easily just find you know company or companionship in in people uh just by going on these apps i mean a few years ago i was um i was close to a, a few friends who were into using badu very well it was you know it was very huge back then people would go on there and with badu it could tell you um if there are people available around the places that you live or the places close to you and things like that. And so it was easy to, to just find somebody, boss them, uh, chat them up, share phone numbers, and yeah. And and I think it, it was very huge. Also on Naira Land, they used to have like a mini uh, section for people who are looking for relationships and things like that. And so over time, uh, I think it, things have evolved more. Some of the uh, apps have become better. Uh, Tinder is also now here in Nigeria, uh, uh, also in Nigeria. And a, a lot more other local apps, like you just mentioned, have entered the fray of things. Uh, I think one of the concerns for most people was with uh, security and a lot of uh, trust issues um, with, this, with this kind of services uh, or apps, if you like. But I think there's a whole verification process within it that has kind of given people some sort of guarantee that, you know, they can use these apps and everything is fine. So I I think right now a lot more young people are into, you know, finding romantic relationships on apps because we know that it's not just... And to be honest... uh, even some of the social network networking platforms have become in uh, places to look for relationships. So in a way, they play a sort of role, a sort of dating side role, even though it's not officially that, um, yeah. because yeah. you meet different people in the community and people easily find relationships on this app. And over time, people have embraced this process uh, of looking for relationships, whether romantic or not, uh, whether friendships or not. So I, I think um, we, we have gotten somewhere with the way uh, people use this app. There's a lot more young people. Uh, there's a lot more security about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, for the, I think, I guess, 
like you've mentioned, for like the millions of the global users that use um, the dating platforms, you know, love is simply just a swipe or a click away, you know. Yeah. And the majority of Nigerians, you know, they don't really use dating sites. Um, despite the fact that we have over 122 million active internet users and 40 million smartphone users. Um, yeah. shows there's only 2.1 people, million people, 2.1 million people that are registered on online dating sites in Nigeria. Hmm. Um, again, like you mentioned, trust is like a general concern and Nigerians generally have trust issues. Thanks to our Nigerians generally have trust issues and then <laughs> you know you don't trust the person sitting next to you. Ah, you're supposed to trust somebody else based on their images or their texts. Yeah. You know, and of course there have been issues around catfishing and then meeting people that don't look like what their pictures depict. You know, to more dangerous cases of sexual assault, kidnapping, scamming, or just stalking. Yeah. You know, um, I think I read something <laughs> very poignant on Twitter the other day about how, you know, some people are dating people who stalk them and they don't know. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I found that very funny because it's true. Someone might have just been checking you out for months and you didn't know. Yeah. Um, so... You know, there's a line between dating and hookup sites. And even though that line has been blurred, you know, many people register with the intention of going on dates and forging relationships. While some other people just believe that, you know, it's just to have sexual relationships and they get paid for it and they move on. Um, But I think one of the things that affects, you know, I mean, if we're saying that out of a population of almost 200 million people, it's just 2.1 million people. That, yeah. that I've registered on dating sites. I think one of the things that affect that is what you uh, mentioned earlier about social media. Um, media apps like Facebook and Twitter have become, you know, like social dating sites. You know, you see tweets that go from DMs to the altar. It's leading to my <laughs> DMs and here we are, you know. <laughs> you know, so obviously, you know, you know those the people actually they probably feel safer on those apps than they would on dating sites, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, th- I think that it's great. I, th- I think that, look, it's a difficult road. And the way you think about it, for example, for example, I don't, I'm not a much of a person that goes out a lot, you know, or parties or stuff, you know, usually my life is just, um, this, this, that, and then there I get bored. I got to do something out of the ordinary stay with you for a while, then get back into my routine. Do you understand? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it would make sense, for example, that yes, I would probably meet a partner or, or have a relationship with someone I met online, you know, because you know, without the time, I mean without you going to any place physically, that's probably the best place for you know for you to meet someone. Again, people just have to be careful and you know, and I think for a lot of introverts, it has been a great place to experience love or at least try to find love, you know. And I think that, it's, it's, you know, for people that have had great experiences, I mean, I read somebody's tweet today saying, oh, she's been on Twitter for like 10 years and it's, it was where she met her husband, you know, just really grateful for the app. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there are great things that come out from those, um, from the social media apps. I don't know much about the dating apps because I've never used any. I should probably mm-hmm. should try it 
because I like experiments, mm-hmm. you know, and see where <laughs> what happens with that. Um, okay, yeah, but that's about all I have to say on that subject. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, people have different experiences from this app. And for mm-hmm. the most part, I think the issues that a lot of people have complained about range from some feeling like it's become a part-time job to be on dating mm-hmm. site, changing profiles one minute and <laughs> trying to look a certain way. So it can feel like a part-time job. Uh, for others, is the the fact that they can just start hooking up with somebody and then the next thing there's radio silence from the person, you know, and that can play, it can play upon people's moods and the way that they see those, those platforms as well. And then when you constantly, because these things are not, it's not like maths or something, when you get matched with the wrong person, like maybe two, three times, you begin to get frustrated and you begin to rethink your use of those, those apps as well. Uh, I think that um, in, in in some other cases, when you finally find somebody and go on a date, uh, it can feel like an interview uh, because people come with a certain kind of expectation. And oh, my God. So, so, <laughs> so many. You know, right now, I'm laughing. If I went on that kind of date, I would be the interview. What do you do? So how many fingers do you have? Yeah, and it yeah, can begin absolutely. to be an issue going back and forth because there's there's certain things on your profile that the person thinks that that's the only thing that you are, and you okay. have created that information so well just so that somebody sees yeah. and like you. And there's also a tendency for it to be a bit superficial, that feeling of, you know, the expectation can be somehow um yeah, yeah so the, the, these are some of the issues that i i have uh been thinking about i think a lot of people have have written about it as well um mm-hmm. i mean the, for the most part the many times i've tried dating apps they were just to actually just test them out i don't remember actually meeting anybody off a dating site um i like to just see what the app looks like because i like to see how a product feels uh and yeah that's that's i i for example i've never actually downloaded tinder don't know what it looks like but then i've i know what other others look like and recently you should try, you should yeah. try. just just yeah. for day. <laughs> don't don't put me in trouble <laughs> my wife is gonna listen to this podcast i'm very sure <laughs> I'm not, no i'm not i know definitely not you well, yeah. for me, yeah, I mean, for, yeah, my girl, if you're listening, it's just experiment. Just experiment. <laughs> well, well, that's that's it. I think um, people people obviously should feel free to use um, what they want to use, regardless of some of the issues, and people also need to be careful. Uh, that's yeah. that's that's all about it. But at, at this point, I'd, I'd say, you know, it's... Yeah. I think I'd prefer if anybody wanted to, you know, was serious about looking for love or something. I think I'd recommend the social media apps over the dating apps. I think at this time with the information mm-hmm. that I have, because yeah. that generally uh, the algorithm with the algorithms work is that they just sort of group people according to how they think. 
Yeah. So usually you find people that follow you, you know, they sort of have almost similar values to you or similar thought process yeah. to you. So it's even easier to pick out of that pool than, you know, just a random person on dating site based on, like you said, curated, um, curated um, information about themselves. Yeah, they, yeah, the algorithms have a tendency to just group everyone that has similarity. You're right. All right. All right. Um, I think uh, the next topic for us is obviously one that um, I know Asa has put me under the bus today and said I am the one who chose all the topics uh, in, case, in case it backfires. Um, but what we want to talk about next is, is uh, pornography and some of the ways that, you know, um, it, it has affected young people and sort of skewed their perception about romantic relationships and the expectation that that comes with all of that so um i don't know uh, for me i think that there, there are tons of young people who who have issues with pornography um and i'd like to go back a few steps back i think to say a lot of young people, whether male or female, happen upon pornography, most likely when they were younger, uh, and their expectation of sex is perhaps non-existence, and they have zero knowledge about the act. And somehow, maybe they happen on a on a DVD tape somewhere in an uncle's house or somebody's phone or things like that. And then somehow their curiosity is 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 kind of held and they, they now want to see what this is and then it becomes very difficult to to leave and from there consistently going back to it becomes essentially an addiction that a lot of people are dealing with um, and over time this addiction can become an issue uh, in their personal life, especially when, when, they, when they become married, because they tend to uh, take all of those expectations into, into their marriage uh, and even in the way that they raise people. Uh, and, and so I think people kind of don't realize that the pornography, uh, pornography itself is an industry that very much like Hollywood um, is there to, to sell a certain product to people. And when people get hooked on those things, it becomes very difficult. And these days, it's become even more worrying because it's so accessible to people on their phones and everywhere that they go to. Um, and And this access because of the internet because of social platforms uh is worrying uh a lot because of the next generation obviously there are people uh who you know not very religious people who don't take the religious aspect of all these things but then a lot more maybe scientific aspect who have come out to say oh don't worry it's not an issue you can do it whatever whatever but then 
a lot more, I think other psychologists have sort of talked about the consistent exposure to uh, pornographic images and some of the ways that it has affected people. And I think there were, there were, there were studies that actually put uh, pornography as one of the things that strengthens attitudes that are supportive of maybe sexual violence and violence against women in the homes. Uh, so I, I think that um, it's a really worrying uh, thing and a lot of young people are dealing with it. Uh, for some, it's become an addiction. For some, they still can control how they, they use it. But I'm eager to hear what you think. <laughs> um, I think it's an emerging worrisome dimension in the Nigerian cyberspace. Um, as we all know, pornography is the explicit portrayal of sexual subject matter for the purpose of sexual arousal. Um, and it's the commercialized version of it accounts for nearly $100 billion worldwide. Um, so, and the industry employs thousands of performers, like you, you rightly pointed out, and many of it is just a performance, you know, and people need to understand that by the time they begin to put that vis-a-vis -vis real life situations. Um, for our country that's very conservative, um, <laughs> uh, you know, there are all these um, questionable personal, moral, or justifiable biases. Um, but people still agree that pornography can or is dangerous um, in any of its form. They agree that it's a potentially addictive, warped deviation from the true nature of sexual activities and um, that addiction to it has a de um, resultant debilitating effects and um, could affect relationships, marriages, you know, and, and just stuff generally. Um, I think there's a Google trend in 2013, I think, you know, that showed that Nigeria ranked among, among the highest in search of hardcore pornographic materials. And uh, a web traffic analytics company, Alexa, in 2017, showed that porn sites were among the top 300 for Nigeria, and they still are. Um, there are over 200 million functional websites in the world, and 300 is the top 300 the Nigerians visit every week and every month. Um, in 2013, this is Nigeria also ranked second globally for internet searches for gay pornography. And right now, Nigeria has the highest number of internet pornography viewers of any country in Africa. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have all of those, <laughs> when you have all of those things, you know, you see that I think that many of us, many people are consumers of pornography. They just hide it well. Yeah. Um, and even though there are no national laws prohibiting it, the only thing that the Cybercrime um, Act of 2015 does is ban child pornography. Um, yeah. And for Lagos, I think there's a, there's a, if you, if there's a public display of graphic sexual material, it's considered illegal. Except for those two things, um, there's no law, you know, that, you know, that stops anyone really from watching 
you know, it's 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 a moral thing. It's a you know, it's 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 a personal, you know, and it's it's a point that is often questionable. Um, well, you know that for some people, I mean, in in certain countries around the world, if you are, if there's at any point you anybody's able to link pornography to you or to what you do, you could lose your your seat in Senate. Or you could do you understand a lot of stuff, but in Nigeria, everybody's just secretive about it, deceitful about it, we hide it, you know, and do stuff. But like you said, the dangers of it, you know, is that you know it can undermine marital trust, intimacy, and love, and sometimes promote selfishness, you know, emotional aloofness, and unnecessary pressure. You know, you see somebody that is hanging leg, like I said, they fan, and then you're just imagining that your your partner must be doing the same thing, you know, when bodies are different, you know, genocide, it just has this um, way of tempting users to force objectionable sex practices on their partners, um, forgetting that pornography is simply a performance and it's not realistic. Um, and those realistic, unrealistic expectations from sex can cause the other partner to turn to infidelity or promiscuity. So, um, yeah, that's what I have to say. Um, yeah. That. Um, uh, thank you for sharing that. And essentially, the the uh, one other study that I was looking at talked about yeah. some of the signs for people to know that they are addicted to to pornography. Obviously, addiction yeah. is when you no longer have control and cannot stop uh, mm. a certain act or activity, uh, which you know, can be uh, can already influence your psych- uh, psychological reaction mm-hmm. to, to, to an exposure. And mm-hmm. uh, with, with porn addiction, when you begin to know that you're addicted uh, to porn, um, you probably cannot stop watching. You always want to, you know, watch uh, pornography. Mm-hmm. No matter where you are, you want to sneak away to maybe watch or just hide and do watch pornography you also want more all the time there's a certain kind you're not satisfied you watch you want a different kind and also a tendency to have lost time uh uh people who sort of love pornography just sit there waste a lot of time (laughs) and before you know Mm -hmm. you spend hours just sitting in one place viewing different yeah uh, also, there's a tendency to lose interest in sex with your partner, um, whether you are married or not, because uh, you are always consistently desiring something that they are not, because yes. your your mental state has been programmed to exactly. do sex in a certain way. Uh, yeah. You also have more demands in, you know, your during sex with your partner you want them to obviously like you said earlier do things that the, you have watched in in the tv exactly uh, yeah. yeah and and sometimes you can also begin to experience physical pain uh because um you've spent so much time in one posture just sitting there uh feeling <laughs> porn straightening your neck uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, you are no longer satisfied from viewing it on your mobile or you are switching to a device. You also mm. lose money from viewing porn. And, and that's the sure. truth because you buy, you buy mobile data 
uh, and you waste time you are supposed to use in doing all that stuff or building yourself, uh, you also kind of are always distracted because uh, with porn addiction, your mind is fixated on its thing and every time there's tendency for your mind to zone out, uh, to drift to, to porn when there are friends or family or colleagues around and this could yeah. actually impact the way uh, that you do things. And there's also been talk talk of you know anger as as mm. also something that people who uh, are addicted to porn suffer from. Uh, the the yeah. tendency to have less patience in certain acts if they see it delaying them from from watching porn. And mm. they, there's also you know the the desire to talk about sex and porn all the time. Uh, I think these are some of the few signs that show that an individual might actually be addicted to 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 pornography. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, I think it's it's time we sort of move away I mean, from. I mean, I mean, I'm one of the yeah. I mean, j- just to say before we move away from that is. Yeah. Um, you know, I know pornography has been attacked several times for its object- objectification and so sometimes violent depiction of women. Sometimes, you know, like you've mentioned, affects the way viewers watch, watch view women, um, see them just as sexual objects, you know, just setting place for this sexual gratification. And this might, if we're keeping it real, might have a direct impact on sexual harassment and violence in communities, you know. Yeah. so. When men view women as sexual properties, there's a de- tendency to demand such acts with or without consent, you know, and that breeds a dangerous um, rape culture. Um, we also have revenge porn that has become a questionable part of culture. Um, yeah. People are recorded without their consent, and then the end products are peddled on sites where their privacy is violated. Yeah. Um, child pornography, too, has found this spot. Um, you know, and people are sometimes, you know, they consume these things, whether they're unaware or maybe they don't even care. But point is, like you rightly mentioned, it can't, it is a dangerous thing. And this is aside from any moral thing um, or moral religious thing, you know, it's that if you're addicted to this, you know, you could unwittingly be I don't know if that's correct, if I say that correctly. You know, you could really just be setting your mind or feeding your mind or your mind is becoming uh, like a like a home or a house, you know, for how women should be treated, um, you know, as property to be objectified or, you know, as, you know, or just destroys relationships in total. Because if you feel like you can just jerk off, you know, at whatever, then sometimes you may even have problems with committing to a real person because yeah. you just feel like, you know, yeah, you don't need any of that. Whatever you need, you get, um, you know, all of that. But yeah, I think that those are my thoughts on it. You are absolutely spot on. Uh, that tendency to obviously view every uh, woman you see as a sexual object is there, which is absolutely something that people need to begin to uh, rethink and deviate from. And I hope everybody yeah. suffering from such addiction uh, um, finds its way out of it or her way out of it. Yeah. All right. Um, to 
to the next topic and i wanted to start talking about this um obviously i'm going to take a dig at elsa uh, but the next thing we want to talk about is this. Why, why, <laughs> why are you thinking at me? <laughs> you will why find out. It's about the state of public discourse in Nigeria. And okay. obviously. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the reason why I added this as a topic, I'm sure you didn't you didn't know. Uh, but. It's because I saw you going back and forth with somebody a few days ago on Twitter, uh, and I find I, I I saw that and I said, okay, maybe it's a good time to talk about public discourse, and obviously mm-hmm. public discourse is yeah, public discourse is um, mostly speeches, publications, or statements made in pursuit of public good. Uh, mm-hmm. So public discourse, uh, according to Google, in this regard. Uh, is a discussion that covers public policy uh, from private citizens uh, seeking for the development of either uh, interest, uh, uh, individual interest or public interest. So, uh, and and the reason why I added it, as I told you already, um, I saw that you were arguing with somebody and then it sort of degenerated into personal attacks. And I wanted to uh, examine what your thoughts about public discourses. But before then, I like to say yeah. that um, I often talk about Neil Postman's book because it's a great book that examines the last um, generations ago and and you know give insight into the current generation on what public discourse will look like and what it used to look like. Uh, mm. uh, in the age of topography, uh, people tend to have more uh, focus on the issues that they are discussing because of the level of knowledge and intellect and information that they bring to the table. And now we have inter- information staring us in the face, and it's become very uh, difficult for us to hold public discourse without it degenerating into uh, uh, personal attacks. And so yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Obviously, not to talk about that specific incident, but just public discussing it. You can't use you can't use this podcast to talk about that. You you are just to talk about public discourse. Thank you. I'm talking about public discourse, but I will still, you know, yes, I understand what you're saying, but I'm still going to talk about what I want to talk about. Anyway, so the, the internet is almost like the print media of our time. It allows millions of people to have access to unlimited news resources at low cost. And it allows people to publish their opinions on the go. And uh, the decentralization feature of the internet significantly fills that information gap. And it's formed by whatever opinions people have is formed by the inequity, inequality, I guess, of social and economic difference between the, between groups. And, um, you know, when you have social media that as added features like um, retweet, comment, share, blah, blah, blah. You know, people with different opinions get to discuss everything and form a dynamic sphere, you know, of conversation. Now, um, I believe in public discourse. Um, I'm a 
I believe that conversations are very important for the growth of anything, whether they're relationships, whatever relationship, whether with your siblings, with your parents. I feel like once you have a conversation about it, you become open or you become more aware of um, the reasons or you just have additional information, you know, that can help you with making up your mind about a certain issue. Now, I understand that, you know, many Nigerians sometimes are very upset about different things, you know, or maybe, you know, whatever, you know, they're upset and whatever. But I believe that you cannot know everything if you do not have a conversation. And I was particularly, um, I was particularly upset um, because what had led to this, this back and forth that Rafi was mentioning was a single thing I'd said about um, that I mentioned about you know holding state governments accountable um, and this is something you know before I even and like I mentioned a few podcasts ago I work in service of the Nigerian people and in doing that I understand one of the ways I do my job is to try to understand everybody's point of view the things that you know people outside government don't understand. There are things that people within government too need to understand. I'm always trying to find that balance and make everybody see, you know, everybody's point of view. And in just this harmless question of, um, okay, does anybody have anything against holding state governments accountable at all? And it became all this, oh, this, that, oh, let's log, you know, we're going to punish you, show you, you know, and I, I really was, I really was very disturbed by it, especially because I felt like the person in my mind was supposed to be mature and educated, but obviously whatever. But, you know, just having, and, and I see why a lot of people in government choose not to have conversations with people. You know, people, you and I have had conversations, Rafi, where you'd be like, oh yeah, there's a dearth of information, people are not speaking enough. But then when you're even trying to engage, you get back this type of pushback and it's almost like, oh yes, government pays you. So yes, you know, whatever we say that you do, go and hit your head on the wall, then that's what you must do. No, you know, the fact that I work for government doesn't mean that I no longer have agency or doesn't mean that, you know, my, 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 my brain has been suspended or, you know, or I'm suddenly bereft of thought, you know, it can never happen. And as, as long as it will, it has to do with my country. Wherever I am, even if I'm the president of this country, I will speak, you know, and I think that, you know, people are just, there's more of the, um, what do they call that thing now? This hood behavior, hood behavior and, um, you know, just, you know, just trying to just, you know, mob behavior, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, you know, against anybody that just runs contrary to what um, a larger group believes or thinks. But please, what do you have to say? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I agree with you, your perspective on this. Um, uh, also, there is that tendency, and this conversation doesn't revolve around government versus citizens alone. Um, yeah. I find that a, a public discourse in Nigeria is very problematic, even when it comes to citizens versus citizens. Uh, but what has sort of intensified uh, this uh for for politics, obviously, is the divide that has sort of using Twitter obviously as a sample. What has caused that divide is 
the the different uh, camps and, and and whatever when it comes to political opinions or political support, which is normal in every climate. But the ability of also people to have conversations uh, and share knowledge across across different spectrum is very important for the growth of you know um, governance or the growth of uh, a democracy as 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 it is. Uh, but yeah. with, with Nigeria, there's uh, I think that a lot of young people have sort of fallen into that trap of mm. not allowing themselves be open to listen to each other and yeah. this is particularly worrying because mm-hmm. we have a section of uh, the population that is more educated on social media uh, yeah. and you would expect that this education places some sort of responsibility on these young people including myself to be open to debate, be open to opposing views, be open to exactly. um, allowing somebody speak their mind. And so for me, this is the, the thing that I find worrying, the lack of it. But I, as I was mentioning with with with, um, with Neil Postman's book, Amusing Ourselves Today, one of the things he was talking about is that the problem with the digital age and and the age of television is that a lot of the information people receive tend to be entertainment rather than knowledge and Mm -hmm. also a lot of people would grow with the belief um with the lack of public debate as a means of you know sharing information we both know if you go back uh, into history a lot of speeches and public debates that were held these are just maybe two people discussing ideas on a podium and people generally listen and questioning their motive, uh, question, questioning their positions just yeah. to get clarity or have them change their perspective uh, for, for public good. Uh, yeah. And for us, I think we have set up a sort of education system where uh, debate is not welcome at all. Even talking back at a lecturer when it comes to them saying something that is wrong and trying to share an opposing view is not welcome in the classroom. So I believe that a lot of people have grown up with the idea that uh, somebody sharing a contrary view to yours is, is, you know, an affront on your person or your ego or something like that. And I think this is for me a very worrying uh, 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 scenario or, or, or phenomenon. So there are a ton of young people who have devices, who have access to information. They, they see the news every day on these platforms that we are on. The news is meeting us in our places where we reside. And it's problematic that this knowledge uh, and this information hasn't helped us in a way to be to use the information that we have to better our thought process in terms of uh, being able to accommodate different you know, views. And I give you an example. Just two, three days ago, there was this conversation on Twitter about the hijab Catholic church scenario yeah. in our state. Yeah. And some of the ways in which people were, were having com- this conversation were not conversation in the sense of it. It was just yeah. people talking 
opposing things about each other. Nobody was uh, trying to say what the true situation is in the school and what is happening in the community. Nobody is then trying to offer clarity and bring nuance to the conversation. And then people were just going back and forth. And in 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 different uh, situations, you find that this is the case on most platforms. Here, you know, in Nigeria, it's like people just want to respond and not listen to the other person. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know this inability looks like whenever there's a subject matter, people just find the you um for and against sides of it. You know, it's almost like okay. Okay, so there's the problem with beans. Suddenly, everybody, people just quickly pick up camps, you know, pick camps, you know. I'm for beans. You know, if you're not for beans, you're stupid. I'm against beans. If you're against beans, if you're, if you're not against beans, then you're stupid. You know, there's almost like no openness to, you know, listening to the other person, trying to see or even put yourself in their shoes and try to see where they're coming from. Because sometimes, you know, opposing views don't necessarily mean that they are bad. And this is what my belief has always been. For example, I feel like there are many people that love Nigeria. They just believe that Nigeria should be run differently. You know, I mean, let me use, for example, I mean, an example, there are many people that believe that whatever economic decisions are made, you know, I'm okay, no, let me use a specific example. Some people don't believe that there should be a social protection policy, for example. They believe that whatever you're doing, let them get this, beautiful amazing economic direction at the top and it will filter down to everybody you know it's a way of thinking for them i for example would disagree with that position because i'm thinking until when you get that beautiful economic decision what happens to the people that are vulnerable they will start they won't go to school you know they won't be able to go about their day-to-day stuff so do you ignore them until you have this trickle down effect do you understand? So it's not like we hate Nigeria. It's just that we decide, you know, I have my reasons for saying I agree with the social protection policy and they, they have their reasons for not. doesn't mean that either of us hate Nigeria. We just have different views about how Nigeria should be governed. Do you understand? So it's the same thing with any other issue. You know, don't always just go and pick for or against and say, oh, I'm against or, or, or I'm for. Point is, what can we learn from each other? And I, and I think that that's the worst thing about all of these things is there's so much we can learn from each other. I would, and that's why these days I'm looking, I, 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 I'm looking for people that have followers of like 200, 300 who know what they're doing and are willing to have a, you know, a sound conversation. You know, they draw your attention to something. There was somebody I followed yesterday evening and, you know, he, he, we were going, I can't even remember what the subject matter was, but he just gave such a rich, I think it was, what was the, issue now i think it was about you know employment you know unemployment being a structural issue right and he sort of now broke it down you know into um i I can't remember what he broke it down into but anyway he broke it down in such a way that i was like huh i didn't even think of it in that way but imagine if i'd idiot when he said something i was like oh you're mad you're stupid i would never have had the opportunity to see through his eyes you know and i think that that's something that we're all missing in all of these conversations and debates it's supposed to expand our worldview. nobody knows everything you know the perspective that i have will be different from the perspective the other person has so why not listen and expand your ability to think you know it really upsets me when people do like sometimes you even calm them down it's like ah you know Will your mom be will your parents be happy seeing you speak to strangers like this you know just try to even call them back 
and it's like you're mad, you're stupid. Like, oh my god, like where are you people from? Who raised y'all? You know, but seriously, I think I think that's that's the whole point of it. Um, we need to able to be able to hold public discourse. We need to be able to um have conversations without resulting to personal attacks. We need to expand our worldviews just by sharing across board, no matter where one belongs in terms of whether politics or some other ideals. And I yeah. think this is why we are, we're having these conversations to help people see that it would be better to have those conversations than yeah. just, you know, attacking each other. Anyway, I think we've, we've you know, gone over a ton of issues today. And I would say um, we should probably just get into the fire questions. Or I'm, I'm thinking for the fire questions today, we, we just we don't do either or questions unless you already have those either or questions ready i have have either or questions okay so i'll take your either or questions and i'll i'll ask you um just straightforward questions and see ask me first and you just answer them uh quickly okay yeah uh so I'll, i'll start What's the worst place you could get stuck? You are allowed five seconds. Nowhere. I I I, I can't. I, I know how to blend everywhere. No. I mean, get, getting stuck, like in an elevator or something. Oh. Yeah. No. Okay. No. What would you? No, no. What would you what what would you do with your 15 minutes of fame? One, pass. If if the fame came with power, one, make sure that every child gets education, like, immediately. Like, they all they have to cram the education out of it. Two, ensure that all women that are suffering from domestic violence get some sort of help and money from people that violated them. Three, um, make sure that all men find mentors that can help them with their emotional and um, physical, yeah, just get mentors for men. And then four, um, yes, make a lot of money. (laughs) What's your your favorite TV channel? I have no TV channel. Okay. What's the thing you're most most afraid of? Not being successful. What's your lifelong dream? Um, my lifelong dream is to, I don't know, I guess to reach the hearts of many people. I, I want it to be that when I die, um, I want people to know that I was here and mm-hmm. the lives that I touched will be the proof that I lived. Even though I hate when people say deep, 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 I'm going to say deep. <laughs> Now is your turn. Cook or Fanta? Uh, cook. Okay. Red or green? I'd say green. Okay. So now I have direct questions. What are you most afraid of? Uh, actually not not taking care of my mom as much as I want to. Oh, so cute. 
what is your biggest dream in life? Uh, I think it's to actually just be happy. Just be happy. Oh, so cute. If you were to ever live in a particular state or country, with if there was if if nothing was the issue, you know, you didn't have financial constraints and anything, where would that be? Uh, I think it most likely would be. It'll be it'll be it'll be uh, Netherlands. Oh. Okay. Uh, one final thing. If you could do one thing for your mom, what would it be? I I think I'll buy her a mansion in the heart of Abuja. Oh. Okay. Yes. And then, and, and then take her to Hajj. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's that's it from us today. Uh, yeah. Thank you everyone for for listening. Uh, my name is Ahmed Rufaisa and I'm here with. Um, Ida. Have a have a great have a great time. Thank you. Bye everyone. Have a great week and um, stay calm. We'll take your vaccine if you're able to. If you're if you're being you've been scheduled to and don't forget to stay safe coronavirus is outside thank you and god bless you yeah. <laughs> have a great all right <laughs> all right